Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. My guest today is a Jamaican native who has dedicated his entire adult life to farming and exporting agricultural goods, amassing vast knowledge and expertise, expertise in the process. In 2015, he boldly ventured into the uncharted territory of psilocybin mushroom cultivation, which led to a commercial sales in, in 2018. Boasting over 16 years of experience in genetic development, cultivation, extraction, and logistics in, in the domain of agriculture, his unmatched expertise sets him apart as a true master of his craft. He is the founder of Rose Hill Apothecary, which has achieved an unprecedented milestone as the first entity to legally export psilocybin mushrooms. Charles Lazarus, welcome to Let's Be Blunt with Montel, sir. Thanks for having me, Montel. What a joy. It's so good to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your experience in agriculture and genetics leading up to the formation of Rose Hill Apothecary. Well, I think it's really nice the way they, they frame it. When I was in my, my 20s, I spent some time exporting Jamaican ground provisions and fruits to, from Kingston to, to London for the ethnic markets there. So... That was many, maybe like seven years of that, you know. You clearly had your own farm, but was it basically back then mostly just fruits and things, right? Yeah, it was like scotch bonnet peppers, round leaf yellow yam, all the things that Jamaican people love when they are far away. And it's a very interesting diaspora um, demand that there is in, in London specifically. And then how did your vision for Rose Hill Apothecary come about? You know, so... I. It, it didn't really get into the fact that I am also a musician. And as a musician, going all the way back to my teens, I just had a relationship with the medicine, with, uh, with psilocybin, you know? So I knew that uh, Jamaica was, it was legal to produce there. And I happened to enjoy mushrooms. I like taking them. So I wanted to have different genetics that we just didn't have access to wild harvesting. And the only way to get that was to was to grow them yourself, to cultivate them. Well, you just said, but back then it was legal in Jamaica, but it has not been legal around the world, um, mm -hmm. not in the United States, though there's all kinds of research being done, supposed research being done in the United States right now about psilocybin, other um, uh, natural uh, uh, or components like that that's starting to finally come to be. Um, but uh, you decided back then, not only because you were using it yourself, you started growing it and developing out different uh, genotypes, right? That, well, that's right. Because so we, how we would do it in the beginning is we would go wild harvesting. You know, the mushrooms grow everywhere. And I, I'm on a farm. We had cows when I was a kid. So they grow out of the, the, cow, the cow poops. <laughs> mm -hmm. There was a, a friend of my father's an American man, and he just a great influence on me growing up. He lived in Jamaica back in the 70s and 80s, and some most of the 90s as well. And he told me about mushrooms and an experience that he had. And in hearing that, I remember even as a child, I was like, man, when I get big, I definitely want to, to try those. So they were there. We would go, we would wild harvest them. And then naturally, when it was time to, you know, have a, to renew genetics, really, because you can't just keep going all the time. I, I looked to the to what we had in Jamaica, 
you know, and I brought, went out into the fields, took spore prints, brought them home, did crosses. And I always just grew up loving the personality of our, our natural medicine from the earth. And there are so many different types of mushrooms that do have psilocybin in them. Is psilocybin different? Like the same, I'm trying to equate it. Is it like the same thing when it comes to cannabis genetics? You know what I mean? There are certain cannabis plants that have higher rates of THC, other minor cannabinoids. Are there certain types of mushrooms that have higher percentage of psilocybin, but then still carry the, you know, the other uh, component parts? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't remember what the, the last listing is, but it's got to be well over, maybe like 200 different types of identified psilocybin producing mushrooms, fungi that's out there. Mm -hmm. They, in my experience, anecdotally, all have different, we, call, we say personalities. I, I can't sit there and tell you, I know all the science, you know, the way that we do for cannabis, we know terpenes impact the direction of your experience. So it's, that's still in discovery for mushrooms, right? Uh, but I know th that they're different. Okay, but when we talk about mushrooms, well, most, most people understand psilocybin uh, does produce a um, euphoria that's um, psychedelic, or when microdosed, it can literally just be um, no more powerful than the mind expansion of, let's say, cannabis. So um, what are you shooting for when you're looking to produce the mushrooms that you have? So Jamaica has retreats. There's loads of retreats that are in, you know, operating there. And each one of them has a different thing that they're focused on. And this has been in the last couple of years, these you retreats? Say like in the last decade, it's just been very, made aware. People are talking about it in the last couple of years, which I think kind of comes out of just everyone being crazy from COVID. <laughs> but right. but um, different retreats have different indications that they're targeting. You know, like the Beckley Foundation, they might be focused on depression. Atman Retreats might be focused on um, PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. I can't speak to what everyone is doing specifically. However, in, in being able to grow medicine and interact with the practitioners and the people hosting these retreats and knowing what it is that they want and producing medicine for them, we've been able to kind of anecdotally, knowing the personalities of different um types of medicine, be able to focus to each, you know, and get feedback because, I mean, I cannot sit down and trip every day of the year. I would never get anything done. So it's really great to, to have a relationship with that network and know what it is that they're doing and be able to get feedback. Like, I mean, you're talking, I had a friend of mine, a practitioner, she sat with at least four, 400 people in 2022. So that's a lot of feedback to say, hey, well, what was it like this time? What was it like this time? What was it like this time? And then I know that well, we're doing little things on our end and how that corresponds. And each one of those patients probably came there to, to the retreat to try to elicit a different kind of response. And so you can actually fine tune, I guess that's the term I'm use, you can fine tune the mushrooms to actually elicit the response that each individual group is over you would talk about PTSD, you know, drug abuse, drug addiction, depression, those kinds of things. So there is a different phenotype for each one of those. Uh, yeah. In, in theory, yes. You know, and what we're doing now is, which is great where we have a partnership with a lab in, well, we're also working on labs with, with labs in Jamaica, but we're fortunate to have a lab in 
the states that we're working with, that we've been able to export the medicine, look at like a, with a certificate of analysis like you would have with cannabis and look at it and kind of see, all right, well, we know it does this. Why does it do that? Could it be that it's, there are these metabolites that are causing that? And then beyond that, you know, mushrooms kind of take on what you feed them. So some of them are dung loving mushrooms, which are rich biodiversity. And some of them don't like dung or they're wood lovers. I don't really grow wood lovers. I wish I could get more into that, but I, that will be in the future. Right now it's mainly um, ones that are dung lovers or not, or cubensis in general or panaloa cyanessence. And when so, you say wood lovers, are, they are mushrooms that grow on wood. On wood, correct. And there's other ones that grow in dung. And, then, and those are the ones that, <coughs> excuse me, have the, um, the trip effect, I guess, right? Well, yeah, they'll express differently, right. you know, so depending on what substrates you grow mushrooms on, uh, it, it, you know, it kind of leads to what you get out of them in the end. But you need to understand that relationship. And the only way to really understand that relationship outside of anecdotally taking mushrooms and experiencing it yourself would be to send it to a lab, people much smarter than I am, that that's their wheelhouse, and look at what comes back out of it and see if we can make a certain correlation between those results and what we know the experience should be or has been. Now, where in Jamaica is your farm located? It's located in Runaway Bay, which is in the center, the geographical center of the North Coast. You know, I grew up there. I've been there my pretty much my whole life other than my travels. And it is a, a very old estate. It um, was built in 1723. It's a little, a little, a little spooky. It's got the ghosts in it, and uh, I just, I love it there. To me, it's a, it's a, you know, not to be a little bit um, out of the box, but it's a, it's a little portal. It's a little gate to another. Is the dimensions are thin there, Montel? When you come and visit, you'll see. Well, tell us a little bit about the farm itself and and what you're actually trying to achieve right now. Now, again, you say you're growing different phenotypes. I mean, if if I were you, also grow. Fruits and vegetables, and you also grow cannabis there, right? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I grow a lot of pimento there. That's what it is historically. It's a pimento farm. Pimento mm -hmm. is uh, called allspice. That's what most people know it as. It's a little berry that grows on a tree similar to, bl to black pepper, which, but though, though that grows on a vine, but whatever. It's a little berry, and then it's crushed into a powder, which uh, we call allspice that's on the shelf, and that's cool. And, of course, we have a garden which takes care of, of us because we live there, and... It's a farm, it's lots of people, so we feed ourselves. And uh, for fun, I'm a beekeeper. I enjoy bees. And, uh, and scotch bonnet pepper, because I like burning people's mouths up. <laughs> now, your company was the very first company in the world to export, export psilocybin. And you said you exported to the United States. Do you have a lot of competitors today? You know, it was actually, it was Canada. It was the, to the University of Alberta, in fact. And it was... Uh, it was February 2021, and it was the first Health Canada permit, I think, that was pretty, that I know of that was issued. And we did it in conjunction with a company called Midasine, which um, they were really great. It took a lot, you know, working on both sides. That was the first one. I mean, now it's much easier at the time. The authorities, they really didn't really know how to handle it. You know, it's very strange. Um, pharmaceutical in things or medicines like that, they want it to be exact. It's very hard to say exactly how much psilocybin is in 10 kilos of biomass. 
but it, you know, we, we did it and it was great. Since then, we've done loads of, um, you know, research, export for research, you know, we have a relationship now with the University of Guelph where we're looking at um, indications like autism. Uh, it's very dear to my two business partners. They both have children that are autistic. So. On the spectrum. And do you export to other countries? You're going to Canada or other places too? We, we have done that. Well, we do America as well because uh, we test here. We go very deep in our testing here. Not because, I mean, we would love to do that in Jamaica and we will in time. We do test there, but we're trying to go much deeper in the metabolites, like not just psilocybin, psilocin, norbeocystin, beocystin. We want to go further and we found a lab that goes much deeper. So we're working with them. And you also do you do extractions for functional mushrooms like reishi, lion's mane, all those kinds of would love to. You don't yet. We don't yet. And only because I can't drink the ocean. There's so many of them, you know? I'm just for we're right now we're focusing on what we what we have the, the edge on and what we know. Do I love lion's mane? Absolutely. I consume it. And I do grow lion's mane for friends and family to eat fresh because in Jamaica it's just not really. So you can't get fresh lion's mane that easily, you know? Well, I'll tell you, when you do a batch of it, you can, can you send, can lion's mane be sent? Yes. Well, yes. you can send me some next time. Or next time you come no, no, this is how it's going to go. You're mm -hmm. going to come to Jamaica to stay at the farm in the estate. I have, I have a, a perfect cabin that says the Montel Williams cabin on it. Yeah. And you're going to come down there and you're going to walk the property. And we're going to eat some mushrooms and smoke some ganja and, Expand and soak up the energy of the of all Jamaica. There you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'll definitely put that on my calendar. Um, tell me a little bit about the products that you have. You have a product line that's out, and, and how does that product line stand apart from some of your competitors? Well, we're we're fortunate. We're, we were the we were. I'm pretty sure the first um, CPG brand that was on the market. It was, we were very nervous at first. We just tiptoed out. I mean, it's legal, but we knew that you know. We didn't know how it would be received. Fortunately, the government has been amazing and has, you know, held us with open arms. In fact, Kevin and I sit on the, my business partner, we sit on the Jamaica Mushroom Industry Technical Committee, which has been put together by the Bureau of Standards to kind of set the standard with the with industry in Jamaica. We are ahead. We are we are legal. So Patu is our brand. It is, um, Patu is the Jamaican word for owl. And we thought it would be, it would it really fit the, how the medicine we sit with the medicine because you know the owl sees behind the veil. Yes, right? Hold on a second. You know, I forgot. I had you. We had dinner last night, and um, you gave me uh, some of your packaging. Oh, and I for getting up. You gave me some of your packaging, um, and I want to show that packaging to people. Is this is this is your patu, and patu means owl, correct? That's right. So yeah. those would be our gummies. That's our that's our latest product. It comes from an extract. We're very proud of it. That's for going to. A, that's for being energetic. You're on a walk. You're hiking. You're in nature. This is psilocybin infused. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And then you also have uh, in your box. You gave me uh, this one. What is this? So those are our microdose capsules. It's a blend of several different types of psychedelic fruits. Which we, um, which are you know, sold health food stores, boutique hotels, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then you have this. That would be our four gram journey bar. We're very proud of it. You know, we, um, we crush the cacao as well as the biomass of the mushrooms together. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we make chocolate. And, you know, Jamaica has some of the, some very acclaimed cacao beans on the planet. And then you also have this. That's right. That's uh, our, our social dose and our, um, which is a, a, a um, it is a different personality and it's more for being social with friends. It's not so inward. It's more outward. When we say that, there are a lot of people, maybe since, since you have you are a connoisseur of psilocybin in a sense, why don't you explain to people what that whole journey is like? Because for people who have never done it before, right. uh, you know, is it, is it a cannabis kind of a high? Is it a wine kind of a high? Is it a, is it a high or is it a, you know, a ex expansion feeling? What is it? I mean, I can only speak from my myself, sure. but at high at high doses, there is a, a a sense of connectivity to the nature that's around you, a sense of being plugged in to the whole world and just the essence of life. There's profound self love, which I feel is missing with lots of us, and all healing starts with self love. And there is perspective on just how small we are in the big in the big picture and the, the way that we should participate just in humanity and life in general. I feel that it is a, a profound and important experience. I, I would I would say ineffable in a way. However, um, I mean for me for me it's a you know to commune with the higher self and the most high. You know, it can be very profound. It can be yeah, very I, I talked to you, you said you have that that canister, which is the social one. That's something that somebody would do mm -hmm. with a concert or something or what? So at, at, at lower doses and different, different types of medicine, different types of mushrooms um, affect us differently. There are some, you know, that are very, um, they're not so inward where you're, you're, you're going in to that experience I spoke about. You are, you're, you can be out and very social and you want to laugh and hang out with friends and you want to be in a big group in a loud place as opposed to on a beach somewhere or on a mountaintop reflecting on God. You know, like different fruits definitely have different personalities. It's all mushrooms. I, I think another interesting thing um, I find that with some compounds, it takes going to bed to reset for the next day. What's yeah. really interesting about mushrooms is the experience takes you from where we are right now, and it will go all the way to another dimension. And when it's finished with you, it brings you right back to the clarity that we have right now. It's not like you have to go to bed and sleep it off. It's just, it's there and then it just goes away. Typical lasting time of three, four, five hours? Um, between four and six hours. Gotcha. A very, a very, I mean, a, a very strong dose. A microdose is going to be a lot shorter, of course. You know, microdosing is taking one tenth of, uh, of the dose that would be an experience such as that, of a psychedelic dose, one tenth. It's almost imperceptible. And it sits just right in the background and just impacts like the your day, 
You know, like the way you would you, you show up in the world on an average day, the way that you would feel in traffic when you get cut off and you would normally just want to kill that person. <laughs> that that that's not there anymore. You're far more forgiving of those things and um more just more at peace, more calm. More relaxed. Now you also have medical cannabis products, do you not? No, uh, no, we don't. However, I do consume them. <laughs> do you grow them on your farm? There was a long time ago where I, I under our, uh, uh, like the, it would be called, a, um, it's like a special permit. I would grow cannabis because I just, I really love the plants. And we, I would experiment with living soil, which is really kind of how I got to cultivating mushrooms because living soil is making sure that the soil that the plant is growing in has all of the mycelial activity going on and the plant the soil has everything it needs in there you don't have to fertilize it the soil is not just some potting medium that roots are, that hold roots it's actually alive like a like a mountainside is alive or mush the mushrooms are grown in uh well depending on the variety uh it's coconut coir, the husk of the coconut shell, vermiculite, and gypsum. And then, of course, depend if you're growing dung lovers, it has to have whatever that is. Is that cow dung? Is that horse manure? Is there some bat guano in it at some point? You know, all of those things have to be there, a rich biodiversity, depending on the fruit that you're growing. Uh, I see that in Oregon, for example, where we're going for licenses now, in the regulations, they're actually calling for you to not use the manure. I guess um, that would limit the ones that what you choose to grow there, the direction that you choose to go. So, Charles, I mean, do you think that psilocybin is finally becoming widely more accepted as a holistic medicine around the world? Yeah, I, I absolutely feel it. I mean, remember, so we have all of our socials and we have our, our websites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we get a lot of feedback from everywhere and we get... I mean, we're in Jamaica, it's legal. We can be very loud about what we're doing because it's, again, it's legal. So people reach out to us and we, we also get feedback from, you know, what, what people are going through and the experiences that they're having. And I can say that having been there for cannabis, having been there for cannabis and seeing this, the speed that cannabis went at, let's just pick on, say, California um, from medical all the way to recreational. I think that was like 20 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, psych mushrooms is did it in one. Right. And yeah. the, the retreats that you're holding, again, you said not you holding, but are being held in Jamaica. There are, what, about 20 different ones? I, I mean, we serve more than a dozen, and there's a lot we don't. I would say it's probably more officially in the 20 to 30 range that I that I know of, and there are loads more. We actually have our our retreat offering, which is one retreat. And um, last year we did three. Next year we have eight that are listed. There's eight for the general public, and then there's many for veterans that we do, but those are not advertised. We we do Navy SEALs primarily which are very fascinating. I wish I, I, I would like to speak to it in depth, but my business partner, Kevin Burke, he's really, that's his passion. And, you know, he really loves, that's his thing. 
So I, it's like I'm learning so much more from being with him on that journey. I mean, I think he, it's eight Navy SEALs at a time. And, you know, all of the experiences as a team learns the needs and as Kevin learns the needs and, and his partner, Vernice, who is amazing. Well, she really, she really holds the whole thing together. <laughs> and, and you, these groups come down to deal with a myriad of issues for themselves, but basically, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. It's um, from what I understand from being around Vernice and Kevin, often it is just, it goes all the way back to childhood and family and a sense of community and belonging. I mean, we are all going through this human experience and we are all having our challenges. So, I mean, I point, point on someone who's just got it all figured out. I haven't met that person yet. Yeah, you're right. So now tell me, how do you see your business expanding over the next couple of years? Well, we are, we're definitely going for licenses in Oregon. We're trying to participate. Well, we are participating in what that looks like in America stateside. And the only way to do so is to roll up your sleeves and to do so. So we are doing that, yeah. And then along that way we learn. When you say you're doing that, that means that you are exporting into Oregon now? We are, so we have, we we are in the process of building out for license. And what we are going to do is we're going to use the methodologies that we have dialed in in Jamaica. And we're going to reproduce in that same way in Oregon and produce the brand Patu or version of it inside the legal container of each state as they come online. You know, we have all of this anecdotal data. We get, we do all of this research. We participate. I mean, Montel, I'm generally the, the, the dumbest person on the, on the call. Nah. You know, and that's really exciting for me. I'm cool with that. You know, like I'm learning a lot. I'm just soaking it all in and I every day pinch myself and I can't believe that this is where um, I get to sit in this place. And I just want to do what's best, just as we all do for people, healing and the medicine, which has helped us all profoundly in our journey. And and there, I guess the model is rolling out pretty much the same way the cannabis model is rolled out, where every state, the medicine has to be produced in that state. Are you able to export your products from Jamaica in, or you have to go in with seeds, grow the product in, in the States, and then process it there, provide it to the producers? Yeah. So for, for research and development, we are able to ship from Jamaica on the DEA licenses or Health Canada licenses, pretty much in any country on earth that provides a import permits, we are able to supply them. However, for things like products, like Patu is a recreational product. And I don't think recreation is going to be a thing to think about for now. Like inside the legal container of Oregon or Colorado or California, whichever, as the states open up, you will have to do everything. It seems you will have to do everything inside that legal container. And that's fine. You know, like it's the same again, the same methodologies that we would have in Jamaica and the genetics that we use and the way we go about it, uh, I believe that we will be able to reproduce pretty close to what it is that we're doing there. Gotcha. Anything major coming up in the next couple of months? You were talking about the fact that you've got eight retreats and there are several retreats going on. 
where's a website that people can go to if they wanted to find out when and how and how to get connected to some of these retreats? All right, sure. So it's oneretreatsjamaica.com. Uh, yeah. Or O-N-E. 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 Yeah, O-N-E. And, and that, uh, that list of retreats that are available and that people wanted to sign up. Yes, you know, yes. There's a cost involved, but everyone's probably different, right? Yes, everyone is different, and we're 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 really proud to say that our our model was to be very inclusive and allow those costs to be attainable to to most. You know, I mean, it it involves everything from you land at the Montego Bay Airport, or, I mean, or Kingston, I guess, but Montego Bay, all the way you go to Negril, the, the environment is beautiful, the food is nourishing and amazing, the people are fantastic, and it's. Pretty much a week. It's pretty much a week. There are two deep dives that you take, and there's integration. You know, uh, after the experience, there's a lot of intake processing that goes before where you're speaking to people, and then there's the community afterwards. And right now, we're working on a platform called Guidance that's going to help people after the fact because right now, this, so the experience is great when you go and you sit with the medicine. But it's really the integration that comes after, the days after, the weeks after, the months after. That really is the profound difference. So you're caring for these people. You can't just like break them loose, you know, sh and shatter them and then set them free into the world like that. You've got to care for them afterwards. And it come, healing happens in community. So guidance will, will speak to that. And again, we're learning. Uh, it's... It's not as if it's like a million people. There's this volume model. It's not like that. It's, it's 12 people, 10 people at a time. By the time they arrive in Jamaica, you know them. You've been on you know, calls with them. You've spoken to them one-on-one -on -one in groups. Everyone knows each other. They get there, they meet each other in person, and then they go through a very profound protocol together, and then they, they stay together, and they support each other. You, you, you basically create this... This, this bubble of people that have really experienced this thing together and to get they can they can support one another with guidance and we, and we you know we have the team it's it, the, I would say that the the pool of practitioners that are out there that have to hold space I think that's our concern for the the whole industry moving forward because it takes a lot it takes a lot and it it, it takes energy from it's hard. It's not, you know, it's, it's your people that are coming there. They're coming because there's a challenge. And usually that's not easy. It's not a cakewalk. So. Sure. Sure. Well, I wish you much luck. I mean, anything else you want to add? I don't know. Let me see. I really should really um, point out that we're, we're on an interview, you and I. We're talking about it, Charles and Montel. But the real beauty about Rose Hill, which is, which is our company, is a team that we've put together, which comprises, I mean, loads of us on the outset, but internally it would be Kevin Burke and Dominic Super and myself. And we, yes, we have retreats and we have, you know, um, a value added product that we sell and that's great. And we get to participate in research, but it's, it's really the, the a community on a, on a whole that I just want to, I'd be really grateful for because I am not the best mycologist by a long, I don't like, no, no way. I could never say that. 
You know, I have to reach out to people when I have problems and Kevin has to reach out to people when he doesn't understand. So we are carrying the flag and the torch because we're in a position to do so. But there are tremendous people doing the work. And it's not just us. So I, I think um, that would be where I would end it in saying that we're really grateful for the community at large. So, Charles, one more time, if people wanted to get more information, where would they go? They would go to oneretreatsjamaica.com. They would go to rosehill.life. Or they could go to patu, P-A-T-O-O, patujamaica.com. Yeah, there you go. Well, sir, thank mm -hmm. you so much for being a part of what we brought with Montella Dan. I know that people are very excited about the opportunity to reach out to you. So um, and we'd love to have you back. Anytime you want to come back and share more information, I'd love to have you. Okay? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Next time we do it, we'll do it live at the Absolutely. farm with you. There we go. We'll do it at the farm. Frank Keith down. He'll set it all up. We got it right. We know you love Jamaica. We know you love to come to Jamaica all the time. There you go, my friend, for sure. <laughs> right, well, you take care of yourself. You stay well. Have a wonderful holiday and good luck for the new year, okay? One love. Blessings. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And make sure you tune in to the next edition. Let's be blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.